Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Literally Heinous. We have a very, very special guest on today. We have the queen of rock and roll, Rita Ray Rocks. Rita, how are you? Fantastic. Lily, thank you for having me on your show. It's such an honor to have you. So Rita and I met at We Are Family because she was one of the contestants. And Rita was just like the talk of the town. Everyone was like, have you talked to Rita yet? You have to hear her stories. Did you know she wrote a book? Like your reputation precedes you and you just did not disappoint at all. Why, thank you so much. <laughs> it was a real honor to be on that show. And I'm just so glad that I met everybody that I did as far as the cast. I, it was just such an amazing experience and I'm just overwhelmed with just all the friendships that I made and it's exactly what I needed like right now in my life. I know I definitely needed it too. I was feeling so stuck and just feeling so like everything was so normal all the time. Everyone that I met was so normal and I was like, I need to meet some like interesting people and I got that. <laughs> I just love the fact that everybody just had, you know, with their own styles and their mm -hmm. own dreams and their own talents. And it was just kind of like divine intervention that we just all got brought together. It and it really was, was almost kind of like a, a separate show of just yeah. all of us living in, underneath one hotel. I and wish that there was a show about the behind the scenes of the Courtyard Marriott at Lithia Springs. Right. <laughs> I think the best was the talent show, to be honest with you. That was my favorite part of my whole trip was watching Aww. how talented really the whole cast was that nobody really got the chance to see on, on the show. Yeah, that was awesome. During the show, um, one of the off nights, my Taylor and Santish and I, we hosted a talent show because so many people in the cast, like, because you talk to them and, you know, what do you do? What do you like to do? And you hear all these people, they do all these cool things, but there was never like an opportunity to hear everyone's talent. So we did like an impromptu talent show in the conference room one night and like everyone in the cast plus random people at the hotel came. It was crazy. There was like 80 people in the room, but that was a highlight for me too. That was a, a major highlight for me. And I just can't even tell you how in love I felt with everybody and how talented they all are. It was really, really fun. Um, so Rita, okay. I want to give a little bit of your background here. So I'm interviewing Rita today on her book called once upon a rock star. That is truly just, you're really like the voice of a generation. You know what I mean? Um, and so Rita was basically like the queen of eighties rock and roll in Omaha, Nebraska, and a little bit in LA too. Rita wrote this amazing book with all these stories of her escapades from her teenage years and early 20s years and different concerts that she went to. And Rita, okay, Rita didn't just go to concerts. She's not like you and me. She would own the concert. She was backstage. She was hooking up with the rock stars. And this book has all the juicy secrets. If you are, and I'm like this too, if you're the kind of person that loves like rock and roll stories and um, what's that movie, the Kate Hudson movie, the Penny Lane movie, if you almost have almost famous, almost famous, I've always been interested in stories like that. So if you want to know like juicy secrets of rock stars, this book is for you. So, and it's also an easy read. Like this book is, I, read it so I read it in bits and pieces before going to bed um and then I was on a flight recently and just plowed through it and read like 150 pages and you can read it really quickly it's an easy read it's fun it's also a great coffee table book I have it displayed in my living room um it's Wait, got a cute cover I, yeah I know I've got it displayed and I'm just like waiting like baiting people to ask me about it I'm like so like what do you notice in here um and there's pictures lots of pictures <laughs> 
I have to say that I've never written a book before. And um, when it first came out, one of the reviews said, uh, for the girl that never read a book, writes a book. And I have to say that that was probably the most funniest thing I ever read oh, about myself. Oh my God. Which is probably absolutely true because I really only read things like Rolling Stone and Circus Magazine and Rock yeah. Magazine. And before that, it was like Teen Beat and Tiger yeah. Beat. Tiger you know, Beat. I've just always been obsessed with celebrity stars ever since I was really little. And I yeah. just think it really comes from just watching a lot of TV when I was really young. Yeah. You know, from American Bandstand to, you know, like the Jackson 5 and, mm -hmm. you know, um, even the Parkridge family, those shows that just involved music just, you know, really inspired me. Yeah. I just fell in love with it. Good. Yeah. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about your background. So you're born and raised in Omaha, correct? Yes. And half Japanese. I got that right. Yes. So you lived in Omaha and you started going to concerts at around 15. Is that right? Correct. And was your, okay. So who was your first concert? Okay. So actually my first concert was really, I was 14 years old and that was Aerosmith in 1979. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. but before I actually saw Aerosmith, I had went down to Septemberfest, which is kind of like a carnival that they have every yeah. September. And they had had some like local rock band that was playing. And that was like my first real live performance of seeing music yeah. live, you know, as, you know, like rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of just jump started the whole thing was yeah. seeing that first live performance. And so really the first concert I saw was Aerosmith. And then after that, it was just pretty much anything I could go to. Yeah. You know, I just loved music and, um, you know, pretty much, you know, there wasn't a lot to do here. So, you know, it was a concert every couple of months. We pretty much like saved our money up and went to these shows. And that's pretty much what I did was just go to concerts. Yeah, up. that is awesome. So um, Rita has a lot of really interesting hookup stories in the book that I loved reading about. So some of your most famous sexual conquest, Brett Michaels, David Lee Roth, Billy Squire, who you lost your virginity to, which is iconic. That was like the opening of the book. And that's when I knew this was going to be crazy. And Peter Buck of REM and Nikki Six of Motley Crue. Right. <laughs> that is so just awesome. Go ahead. Anyway, I'm going to say I slept with all of them, but one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, David... So there were, there was some interactions I went on, but yeah. not everybody did I uh, sleep with. A lot of it was pretty much hanging out with the band, but pretty much all the ones that you named, I did sleep with, except for Nikki Six. Never okay. slept with him. Did blow with him. Hung out with him. Okay. Made out with him, but there was never any sex. Except okay. for the fact when you read in my book about meeting him in Dallas when he uh, push, pushed me down on the bed and laid a kiss on me and then pulled my shirt up. Yeah. Okay. Which I guess is kind of like, you know, and I talk about that and I'm just going to open up with that because it was, for somebody just loved an idol so much and I was young. That was just kind of like eye-opening me to have somebody be like full-on aggressive towards me, which I really didn't feel like I had experienced before. Yeah. And then he was just kind of vain about it. Like, you know, you want it. And I'm all like, maybe, but get off of me, you know, like yeah. people in the room. And I was extremely uncomfortable, yeah. but, uh, you know, it was Nikki six and over a few moments of time and a couple of drinks and a couple of lines of blow, it all kind of blew over. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of, as fun, I thought it, your story had, or the book had a really interesting flow because a lot, the majority of it was fun and like high highs, but there were some low lows in the book. And there were times where my heart just kind of broke for you. Um, there was a couple instances where rock stars would make mean comments to you. Like the one that stung for me on your behalf was the comment one of them made about how like, I bet you've seen this view a lot because you were in a hotel room with him. And that like, it hurt for me for you. And there was other ones of, you know, you have some pretty harrowing stories. And there was a story with, I believe, um, Cheryl with Robert Plant, maybe. Um, am I getting that right? It was a Led Zeppelin, I think. Okay, um, well, the, the story you talk about with the room of seeing the view or not, that was actually with Bruce Kulick from Kiss. After I had left Paul Stanley's room and I felt like I had been handed off to Bruce Kulick. And I kind of felt like, you know, I didn't really know what was going on there because I was just kind of like, what's happening? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden I was in Paul Stanley's room and on his bed making out with him. And then the next thing I know, I'm like in, you know, some new guitar player's room. And um, and even though I had met him before because he had played with Michael Bolton, you know, previously. Yeah. Years ago, I had met him a couple years prior. I just didn't really know what was going on there. And yeah, he was still attractive too. But the point was, yeah, he kind of made me feel like, you know, I don't know, like, like I was kind of like a cheap in a way. And then the mm -hmm. other way is kind of like, well, uh, he wasn't my first choice. And obviously I wasn't his first choice either. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever, right? Yeah. Whenever I was there and I was going to get a story out of it because I wasn't leaving empty handed. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I mean, obviously you, I was there. So when you say like, I love that you have this, you know, ideas, like when you go to concerts, is you would almost see it like a failure as if you didn't get to meet the band. Can you like <laughs> talk a little bit more about that or like why you felt like that? I still feel like that. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I mean, I just love, uh, to me, I just think it's challenging that, you know, like as a little girl, I'd see, you know, these people on like, as for instance, Scott Bale from the very beginning of Happy Days. I mean, the minute he joined the show, I was head over heels in love with him. And when he came you know, to the auto show, I was already obsessed with getting down there, mm -hmm. going through the line three times over two days. Yeah. And, you know, I even brought a Polaroid, like, and exactly posed. I told my girlfriend, okay, I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to lean over and lay a kiss on him. And I want you to take the Polaroid right as I'm kissing him, which believe it or not is on my wall up here. Yeah. Right. But you know, that happened like, I think when I was like 12, Oh or my 13. God. Not even, yeah, I think it might even been, yeah, I'm pretty sure 12, you know, and I'm just thinking like, so, you know, uh, I had big ideas back then, mm -hmm. you know, and so just having that happen and knowing that, you know, I watched him for being Chotsy, Chotsy yeah. actually ended up having an interaction with him and then finally got the Polaroid photo to prove to everybody that I actually just got bail. And, and the great thing was, is that he wasn't expecting it at all, but you know what? He didn't stop. He kissed me back. So, you know, <laughs> that, that is, was the whole thing about it. You know, that I mean? is so funny. Is yeah. Like too much, but, and, and then even after that, I stopped him as he left the building and walked, you know, watched him and his dad walk back to the hotel. But then I kind of got an idea, you know, his dad kept turning around, giving me a dirty look. So he was keeping me away from his son for sure. Yeah. So that Scott Bayo, he was in happy days. Yes. Okay. And then what's funny is like later on in life, I met, I met him later on in life, mm -hmm. like in Hollywood, 
you know, and oh, it, it, really? it's, it's like so surreal to like be in love with somebody and watch like every episode they've ever been in. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, run into them again. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, in Hollywood, you know, like yeah. one one in a club. Okay. That make that is so funny. So you mentioned that your first concert was Aerosmith, correct? Yeah. And then you ended up like hanging out with Aerosmith a lot in your days. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I love the part where Steven Tyler wore your earring, I believe. Yes. So um, the first time I saw Aerosmith, I didn't really get to meet them. But um, the second time they had come back around, uh, Joe Perry was back in the band and he was the original guitarist. Mm -hmm. So I was determined, like literally determined to meet this man. So um, really... um, it was kind of funny because I remember it snowed a lot that day. Like nobody wanted to go down there. And I called a couple of my friends usually went to concerts with from high school. And like, they were like, oh, we're going to stand by the buses, uh, you know? And I'm like, yeah, standing by the buses can be kind of degrading. But also, you know, if your timing's right, you can also catch an artist, you know, in or out from their bus going into the venue, mm-hmm. which is like just the greatest time to, inter- you know, intervene yeah. with an artist if you're trying to catch them, you know, uh, off guard. So it was interesting because I ended up going to that concert literally by myself. And then I ended up meeting the band and going backstage and then going back to the hotel with them. Okay. And to hanging out to the upstairs lounge. And it's just like a night that will be in, in my brain forever because it was just like just me and one other girl. Okay. Yeah. Like literally that was in the bar with them. And then, you know, we didn't really have any hugs besides weed and they were asking about Coke. And so I was like, well, let's jump and go across the river and they didn't want to leave at all and i said listen i know the owner of this club he's really cool we'll get security you know like they will it will be like total top notch which is funny because we jumped in one car and we drove over there and there was a security guard that like really hated me and i uh, remember this yeah yeah, and he like loved i've been thrown out by him a couple times and he (laughs) wouldn't let us in because it was like after one and the bar was open till two so the rule was back then if you weren't there by one you couldn't go in Mm. so i'm like but i'm here with aerosmith so he didn't really believe me but then it ended up ronnie Bonassi, that owned the club walked by and us letting us in and he handed us a big bag of blow and then we just ended up partying it was funny because i waved at all my friends and they were trying to come up and talk to me and i just blew them all off because i figured hey if you couldn't go to the show with me in the very beginning i was going to let him have any of my glory between you know joe perry and tom hamilton you know steven didn't come because steven just kind of felt like if he went that he was just going to be mobbed which is probably would have happened but it was really cool and probably one of my greatest moments in rock and roll history was that whole night and then staying up with them all night and partying and there's nothing like getting revenge and it's kind of like a big mistake huge moment like I'm sure that's how you're feeling well I just think that you know in that particular situation after the club when we all went back to the hotel room it was like a group of us in a hotel room and before you knew it, it was like six o'clock in the morning it kind of filtered out mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I didn't really have my chance to really sleep with anybody from Aerosmith because we were just in a party zone where we were just all having a great time. It was like me as manager to Colin and uh, what do you call it? Tom Hamilton, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. Yeah. You know? And then I got to go see them again in Kansas City um, a couple of times. And then later on, there was another episode where I ran into him in Phoenix. And uh, then, you know, I didn't see him for years until I moved back here again and I, caught up with them finally in Sioux City. Yeah. Do they remember you when you saw them after a while? Uh, Not really. Like I was really lucky to get my photo with him in Sioux City 
Yeah. Okay. Then I actually in 2020, the most expensive concert ticket that I ever bought was the um, Music Cares, uh, where they they honor um, an artist every year. And so it's like a bunch of different famous artists do songs mm-hmm. of all the artists that is being uh, honored. So it was Aerosmith that year. Yeah. So I bought like the cheapest ticket and we were all the way in the back by the wall. And then I just remember I was just like, uh, after all these artists had performed, uh, Aerosmith came out and they did like six songs and like song number two, I was like, there's no way we can be back here. We have to get up front. So I told this girl, just follow me. And I remember like sneak, like sneaking up front with my phone. And I remember Steven Tyler pointing to me and going, Hey, you don't have to be down there. Come up here. And so what? I just jumped up front stage, right? And like all these people that were sitting at the tables that were very expensive tables, you know, mm-hmm. that were up by the stage. And like, it was just a big party. And some of the best footage I ever got was from that night. And I just got to say, it was just so in the moment. And, you know, Johnny Depp was there that night. There were so many stars. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was one of the main reasons why I went out there too. Cause I thought like Johnny Depp, okay, gotta go. Right. Yeah. So this was in 2020. Huh? This was 2020. Yeah, that was 2020. And then wow. right after that, COVID, that was in January of 2020. Yeah. And then, like the next day, Kobe Bryant died. <laughs> it was just a really mm-hmm. bad time. And then right after that COVID happened. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of like my last great pre COVID memory was yeah. uh, going out to Los Angeles to see Aerosmith perform and get uh, honored by Music Cares. Yeah, that is so cool. And I love that you're, you're, you still got it, you know, like it's obviously like in your blood, like this burning passion to like, like no fears. What, okay. What kind of advice do you have for people that like want to meet rock stars and experience cool things, but just get nervous? Okay, well, my advice would be to anybody that really wants to meet somebody that they really like is don't rush up to them, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say to somebody, especially because I work in food uh, food, food service, um, I always say, if you want, first of all, I always tell them, don't bother them on my time, especially if it's my table, yeah. okay? Like, let them eat their food while it's hot. If you really want a photo with somebody, I always like to guide them to tell them, you know, just politely sit where you are and observe that person. And when they're done eating their meal and they get up and they're going to use the restroom or like exiting the restaurant, wait for them nonchalantly in the entryway, the exit way of wherever you are. You know, don't try to rush up to them because you're going to make them feel like, you know, uncomfortable. I just try to make it feel like I'm just randomly passing by them. And then I just try to share an interaction. Yeah. So you have a lot of pictures in here, like good, high quality pictures, which is impressive because this is long before iPhones and camera phones. And I don't know like what kind of camera you had, but like, and I can't imagine, and you talked a little bit about this in the book, but I can't imagine how many pictures didn't turn out or got lost or you lost a camera. So it's remarkable how many pictures you have in here. Well, it is. And believe it or not, I still really in a box, um, somewhere I have all my original um negatives as well I mean I wouldn't even know how to look at them um but I just want to just say this is yeah I have a lot of photos and it was weird because it kind of started when you know I was meeting rock stars and it was like people wasn't they weren't believing me when I would tell Mm -hmm. them so um you know I would sneak in like um 
a camera, like basically put it between, you know, in my jacket right here in between my bra, because they would check you and pat you down. And generally back then they wouldn't pat you in your mm-hmm. breast area. They usually check your front pockets, your back pockets, you know, like your boots or whatever. So, um, yeah, I was always trying to sneak a camera, you know, and literally you'd have to walk it back if you got caught. So if you had to walk it back and then the disposable cameras came along. Yeah. But this was the problem with film back then. A lot of times if you didn't uh, wind them forward, you took a picture over a picture. So mm-hmm. when you uh, took the chance of handing your camera to somebody and they took a picture and then they went to take a second picture, sometimes they wouldn't advance the film. So then both pictures would be ruined by being overexposed <sighs> over each other. Yeah. So, and then a lot of times there were just people that I took great photos of them and what came, the chance for them to take a photo of me just wasn't Yeah. As- so yeah, you just I, never know what you're going to end up with. But yeah, there are also some photos out there that are circulating of me that were taken, that were promised to be sent to me or given to me that I was never given. And one of them was with Eric Clapton and uh, um, Elton John. So if you're out there and you have that picture of me with Elton John and Eric Clapton, fork it over. <laughs> yeah, that, and I, I was really impressed by the pictures because- there are so many and a lot, they're really high quality. And also I just can't imagine, like, like you mentioned, film cameras are already difficult enough as it is. And if they didn't wind it, but being like drunk and drug fueled, and then like having the confidence to ask them for a picture, I was just really impressed by this. Um, there's, I appreciate a, that. there's a picture towards the end and unfortunately you're not in it, but it's um, the picture with, with Brett Michaels. And I can't remember which one of your friends It's one of your blonde friends. But it is just like a great picture. And I looked at it for a significant amount of time because I didn't realize how hot Brett Michaels was. Um, <laughs> so that right. was a good one. Yes, like, he, I'm not going to lie. He still looks good to this day. He's one of the few rock stars, you know, that I think is still, you know, really held on to his charisma and his charm and his good looks. And actually, I'm going to go be seeing him actually in a couple months here. I'm really excited about that. I that don't know is... if I'm going to get the opportunity to speak to him, but I'm definitely going to the show. That is so exciting. Um, so I wanted to ask, so when you were in high school, so this is when your like concert going started, you were doing a lot of this in high school. What was your reputation like in high school and what did people think of you? Well, I'm going to say that I think it was kind of popular. I wasn't really popular until I jumped up on stage at the Jay Giles concert and it was a sold out concert, you know, MTV was just mm-hmm. up and hot and everybody was watching it and, and freeze frame by Jay Giles was like, I think it went to number one, yeah. but it was just a really high play video on MTV that everybody knew. And so for me to jump up on stage and dance with Peter Wolf, like during the sax solo, um, was just really like, it had everybody talking the next day at school. <laughs> And I think that really people would talk kind of bad about me, but it wasn't really until I think they saw that I had, you know, the audacity to jump on stage and actually do a cool dance. And this is before there were like real backup dancers. So it was almost kind of cool that I was a backup dancer before there was a backup dancer. Yeah. And um, I really just loved that moment. And I did it again in another city. And then, um, so I really liked that, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun you know yeah and you were making your own clothes too and like really yes, that, awesome concert outfits yes that first time I jumped up on stage that outfit I got from like learners at the Westroads and Pat Benatar had one just like it and my best girlfriend had the same outfit because that's how we rolled back then 
But the second one I did make, and I made it specially, you know, when I twirling around because I wanted everybody, you know, to like create kind of like this Maryland effect. Yeah. Um, you know, just whatever. Do you yeah. have any of the archival Rita concert outfits? I have a couple actually, because actually I had everything, but um, in one of my previous houses, I had a lot of stuff stored downstairs and um, there was some flooding that happened in the basement oh, no. and I lost like pretty much a whole collection of like, like three decades worth of stuff. So I've been collecting, recollecting now, but I have like a couple pieces, um, about two or three pieces that I still have. Yeah. Them. One of them is a black leather dress. And one of them was one of the dresses I wore in my picture with um, Bon Jovi and Rat. It's the yeah. king dress with the tassels on it. Do you have and, the green goddess? Uh, sadly, I just, some other stuff I actually gave away when I had gained weight. I uh, thought I would never like get back into my high school size again. So yeah, there is some things that I really regret giving away and getting rid of. And oh, yeah. recently some of my print stuff, I gave a lot of that away and now I really regret that i was even thinking about like my prince baseball cap but i yeah. gave it all goodwill stuff like a year couple years ago and now i'm like he's gone you know right after i gave it away he passed away <laughs> so i so i got to know you before i read the book obviously and and getting to know you i learned about like your relationship with prince and with um uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name super freak rick james oh rick james yes but they weren't in the book at all. So it led me to believe how many other Rita stories are there that aren't in this book? There's a lot. <laughs> and um, really, when I wrote my book, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie. When I was writing my book, I saw a movie happening the whole time when I was writing this book. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have faith it's going to happen to a series or a book. So um, being that it's self-published, and I didn't have a lot of money to put out there to really promote it. I mean, I was kind of lucky. I've got a lot of people that have, you know, noticed who I am. I got a lot of stuff. I'm on Google. I'm on the internet. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of my photos are out there. A lot of my photos have been lifted from my book and reused on all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, I'm grateful for all of that. But um, gosh, I, I just got to say that, ah, you know, I just love rock and roll so much. And I, I just lost my train of thought. So where was I going with this? Uh, well, at the end of the book, you mentioned another book. How? What's the progress? Oh, yeah. So what I want to say is, is that I have enough material for a second book. Okay. So my stories about Prince and Rick James, um, they're not in this book. This was when I wrote it, I wanted to really kind of write about the 80s mm -hmm. and then just touch on the 90s. And then, you know, I thought, well, hey, when this book is really successful, then I'll get paid more money to write about the 90s. Okay. Yeah. And here's the thing about the 90s. So I have all these individual chapters written on my computer that are aren't put together because I'd like to actually sell it as a series now. Mm -hmm. Okay. As just a book. I mean, I just want to say, and if everybody keeps dying, okay, like Rick James, okay, Charlie Murphy, okay, like some of these people that I know, uh, you know, I, I just don't even know what to say. You know, yeah. so I have a lot out there. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm just kind of sitting on it right now. Okay. Like my yeah. whole Rick James story um, that I shared a little bit of, you know, <laughs> which kind of threw everybody off guard. I don't even know how that came out, but um, it is a really great story and it does need to be told because it, um, it is one of those things where you get yourself in a predicament where you just don't really realize or know what the outcome is going to be. Okay. Yeah. And even from my own personal experience, 
I, I think it's such a thriller that I would just love to put that out there because um, I think that it was kind of divine intervention that nothing really bad happened to me. Mm -hmm. And the girl that actually was victimized by him actually was a good friend of mine. And um, I knew her very, very well. Um, and so that was just like such a trip to find out that I knew what had happened to her, knowing that something was going very south and I better come up with an escape plan, um, which I really never, you know, I've had some escape plans before. Okay, I'm getting out of some situations, but this was really kind of a dire need to yeah. get out, of, get out of there quick. Can you share any more about like what was the dire need? Where were you? Well, let's just say you know you meet a lot of people and you think they're really cool and you know you can go to a lot of Hollywood parties and you know there's you know your general party rooms like by the pool and you know the kitchen area and the living room and by the pool table and things like that you know and there's sometimes when the party drifts off up into bedrooms or up into like bathrooms or upper level parts of the houses mm -hmm. where other things are kind of going on that you know either make it up those levels or not you know and in my case with Rick's Rick's house I mean. I had known that people were kind of going back in his back bedroom and, you know, I didn't know what was really kind of going on. And then I kind of like, when I did get invited back there, it was kind of like, I didn't get out of there. You yeah. know, I kind of felt like, uh, like I didn't even know how time went by so fast. It was just kind of like almost going into this porthole of just mm -hmm. yeah. this big slow cloud of Coke. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. And just to make a light note on that, I like, felt like after I'd been there for really over two days, it was time to get out of there. And yeah. his personality changed and I just had obligations and I'd missed a day of work. And, you know, I just had to get home. I was in fear from my safety. Yeah. So I bailed and I had I to really two stay. days, two days you put in the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's been, um, you know, some two or three day benders that I've been on, but one of these was kind of like, uh, you know, I just didn't know if it was going to be kind of an ugly situation. So yeah, I went with my better judgment and got out that of there. Makes... And I've written about it. So in good time, it will come out. I'm super excited. Um, I have some hypothetical questions for you that I okay. love. So if you were in your early teen, or if you're, you were in your teens or your early twenties now, what bands or genres would you be obsessed with that are like popular today of the last 10 years? Um, right now, um, I love beauty school dropout. I love machine gun Kelly. Okay. I love, um, like falling in reserve, uh, reverse. I went to like aftershock a couple of years ago and I didn't even know half the heavy metal bands that were there, mm -hmm. but I really fell in love with all these, you know, new bands that just kind of like, I didn't even know about them. And like, um, Neil, uh, there was like a couple of all female Japan bands, Japanese girls that were just mm -hmm rocked one was uh nemophilia i think the other one was like pretty little maids and yeah so there's just a you know i'm really about this like i'm really loving some of these female rockers too that i'm seeing awesome you know is there anyone from your past that if they knocked on your door today and said rita i want to be with you who would you take back oh god uh i don't know that's a hard one <laughs> you, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Like there's some opportunities where I think like, maybe I should have said this, or maybe I should have did that, you know, but one thing I'm going to say that is when I had Bon Jovi hit on me and, you know, everyone knew that he was with his Hollywood sweetheart from some like, you know, high school, even back then, you know, even when he was, you know, 22 or 23. 
I would I have to say I have my regret of not like just hooking up with him. Okay? Yeah. Because slippery one wet. I think I should have just did that one. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, literally. Yeah. You know, I get over the way. I should have just went with it. And I look at him today and I think, dang, right? Like, you know, who knew? Like on that first and second album run, that not that he was gonna, you know, that he was gonna be such a big star, mm-hmm. but he was just so innocent back then and just you know, just so sweet and yeah. just, you know, he was adorable. And I yeah. just think that, you know, if I probably wasn't kind of stuck up, you know, or think that, you know, ooh, you know, I like somebody a little bit better from another band. I, I, I should have like, I should have smashed on that. Yeah. You had to make a lot of game time decisions. And you talk about that in the book, like you have a game plan ahead of time. You go to these concerts, you have the tickets. If you don't already have backstage passes, you're figuring out how to get the passes and you already know which band member that you want. But sometimes you had to adapt. Yes. Well, just like recently, I, you know, on my bucket list was Keanu Reeves. So, you know, my birthday present to myself was I I had to go to Chicago and because he wasn't playing anywhere near Nebraska. And so that was just really interesting because like, you know, we got there extra early and I'd explained to my girlfriend, like, you know, hey, we're going to this show and like, you have to understand that we're, we're nothing means anything to me, but this show and meeting Keanu Reeves. Okay, so if this is not your thing, like, please don't go with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, we're about, Keanu Reeves is about to come out. And, you know, she's all, like, drinking. And she's like, oh, I think I got to go get a taco. And like, what? Taco? Like, girl, are you crazy? I said, turn around. We're in the front row on the rail. I'm like, look around you. Every single person wants to be you right now. I said, if you leave right now before Keanu Reeves come out and we're on the rail, I said, our friendship is over, over. I told her, you cannot do this, right? You have no idea like how hard it was to get these tickets, first of all, when it's sold out all over the country. Mm-hmm. Number two, book this and make this all work where we're getting right here in the front row. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, just, isn't handed to you. This is like experience of timing, okay? And so that was just so surreal. And I, and like just meeting Keanu Reeves and just capturing that first smile walking up and, you know, getting to just meet him was just, I was just in love. He's I mean, that was the best, best thing in 2023 all. besides doing We Are Family. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Rita, this was amazing. You okay. are so awesome. Um, is there any other story you want to tell or any tidbit, any teaser you can give us? We're just dying for the second book. Um, well, I would like to, um, definitely meet Johnny Depp. Okay. That's on my bucket list. So I'm just hoping that Hollywood Vampires goes on tour. Um, I know, um, they had some dates that are scheduled in Europe, Mm -hmm. but I'm just really looking excited, really looking forward to that and excited to try to catch them because, uh, that's going to be my 2024 bucket list is trying to catch Johnny Depp in concert because, he was actually a musician before he was an actor. And I, I would just love to see him perform. I mean, I think that would just be like everything right now. And I just want to, you know, get my book out there and, um, you know, get people to read it and enjoy it. And I just think that, you know, 80s rock is starting to come full circle. And I think this new generation of people that are young these days just really need to open up their eyes and like listen with new ears of this great genre of music from the 80s. Yeah, absolutely. You are so iconic and just such a testament to like, just staying cool and you don't have to be lame and you're just, you're honestly an inspiration. I'll, I'll I appreciate that. say you're an inspiration. Fashion-wise, yes, you 
I would love to come to Nebraska. I would love to go to a concert with you. It like that would be a dream. Um, Anytime. Maybe we can see Max Saturn. They're on tour. Yes. Or you could come here for Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper in August would be a good one. That sounds incredible. Thank you so much, Rita. This was awesome.